888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about, you know, those things like internet marketing, online business, blogging, traffic generation, social media, all that WWW stuff. I started this podcast to share what I've learned about internet marketing, what I'm still learning today, and to interview other experts that can help us all in our internet marketing journey. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel, the internet marketing teacher from learningwithleslie.com. And I'm excited to have an interview today with Marcus Sheridan. Marcus went from having a blue-collar job managing a small pool business to having one of the top of its kind in swimming pool businesses around the world. He shares his journey on his blog, The Sales Lion, showing how he went from not knowing much about internet marketing to one of the top swimming pool websites in 10 months. He's written a number of books, he's helped a lot of people, and, you know, it's just exciting of what he's done. My main goal is to, to, to talk about what he's done and see how we can all learn from his journey. Marcus, thank you so much for joining me on the call today. Thank you, Leslie. I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. I'm, well, I'm always excited, but I'm especially excited to be here because I love your message. I love what you're doing. And hopefully some of the stuff I'm going to say today are really going to benefit you know, some of those listeners out there as well. Now, this might be a dangerous combination because I'm always excited. Now you're excited. I don't know what's going to happen on this interview. <laughs> <laughs> you know, passion is a good thing. It, it amazes me how often people tell me I love your passion. Mm. It makes me scratch my head really, really though, man, because it's like, well, where's all the other passionate people out there? I mean, what's come to us as a people? Why are we so dang subdued oh, all the man. time? And we've got so much to be grateful for and so much to be passionate about. And uh, I don't know any other way to be, man. That's just awesome. And, and I, can, I know this is going to be an awesome interview. But hey, today we're recording this. It is now Thursday, November 17th. This is going to be airing next week, Thursday, which is Thanksgiving. So the first question I want to ask, this is a, a learning with Leslie first, is this. When you've looked at what you've accomplished online, where you are today, where you, you're coming from, and all of these different things, what are some of the things that you are thankful for? Yeah, man. All right. Let me try to give you a quick answer to that. Six years ago, I barely was able to see my children mm. because I was working so hard so much. I had just come out of an embezzlement where a person I had hired for my small business had embezzled over $200,000 from me in one year. Ooh. The IRS had leaned on my house and on the houses of my business partners. I barely ever saw my wife. I was stressed out beyond belief. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I was, there was a time that year that I was overdrawn for three straight weeks in my bank account. Okay? That's how bad things were. Mm. And today, as I talk to you, I have an extremely successful small business still, but it's been so good 
that I was able to leave that business in the hands of my business partners. And now I travel around the world and I teach people about content and inbound marketing. And I'm able to spend more time at home with my wife and my four children. Okay, so what am I grateful for? Hmm. I'm grateful for my wife and my four kids, the fact that I know them and they know me. And I'm certainly grateful to be at financial peace in my life. You know, being in debt and owing people money literally robs us Mm. of our natural ability to choose. And we, at that point, we become a slave, you know, to it. And so because of the internet and because of the things that I now, now teach, I'm just at a different point in my life and I'm really grateful for it. But it's been a, it was a rough road lesson, but it was definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. And so on this day, Thanksgiving, I've got a whole lot to be grateful for, man. You know, you know, we could just end this interview right now and I got value out of it. That that's that's just awesome. It's it's great to see that you've been able to accomplish this coming from where you were. And, you know, we're going to unpack this story. Let's go back. Let's jump into the time machine and go back in time. Um, You used to work a blue-collar job. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I have a a pool company. It's called River Pools and Spas. And it started in 2001 with me and my two business partners. And we really didn't have a strong identity, but we ended up, um, after a few years knowing that we wanted to be fiberglass in-ground pool installers. And we installed them throughout Virginia and Maryland. And we had many ups and downs. And, you know, like I said, we had an embezzlement early on around 2004, 2005, just about ripped the company apart. Mm. We were, we were at the bottom of the Valley, man. I had multiple experts come in and tell me, Marcus file um, bankruptcy. It's not even worth it. But honestly, man, I didn't have a plan B, right? You know, Mm -hmm. people say, how did you get through that? I didn't have an option, right? I mean, so, so we did that and we, we, we turned it around. We, we turned it around and we started to do well. But then in 2008, the economy, right when we had just gotten through paying off our debts and I got cleared with the IRS because of the embezzlement and, and I thought that we were actually going to be really successful. Mm-hmm. The economy fell out, man, and the pool industry as a whole just went tumbling because nobody could get loans or home equity loans yeah. to buy swimming pools, right? Yeah, it yeah. became very, very difficult. Nobody had value in their homes like they did years before. It used to be you get a loan and home equity, second mortgage, like nothing. Yeah. Now people couldn't do it. And so I needed to install pools because of the size of my business. But I had a big, big problem because I didn't have nearly as many people to choose from. That's when, again, in my lowest point, I actually had to stretch myself and say, what do I need to do? I saw what was happening with the Internet. I discovered the phrase inbound marketing, which is the opposite of outbound marketing. Inbound marketing is attracting people to your business Uh through great stuff mainly great content, great information on your website, right? Mm -hmm. And so once I embraced that, Leslie, and we started to produce content that was really uh, consumer-oriented, 
You know, thinking like a consumer, mm-hmm. talking like a consumer, acting like a consumer. Then all of a sudden, everything changed, and Google fell in love <laughs> with our website and started <laughs> sending the masses to the site. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, within a year's time, it was the most popular swimming pool website for in-ground pool builders in the entire world. And it's certainly still that to this day. In fact, it's incredibly successful to this day. Wow, that's awesome. Now, let me ask this question. What was the thing that got you to think, hey, let me let me try this online stuff? Was there a particular event, a person? How, how did that come about? I think there's a couple things. First of all, I had, I had two major problems. Number one... I didn't know anything about web design, which okay. really stunk. Because as entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs, whether we want to admit it or not, because we like to control our environment, right? Yeah. Okay. We like we are we are control type people, control freaks, you might call it. Okay. The second thing is, I knew the the mind of today's consumer was changing. Instead of doing everything offline, they were doing everything online. They were doing the research online saw the shift and I said, I got to do something about it, but I, I'm not a web guy. Uh-huh. Well, then I discovered HubSpot, which if you've never heard of that, basically they're out of Boston. It's an all-in-one social media platform and web design platform that uses CMS technology. Now CMS, a CMS is another example of that is WordPress. Yeah. It's a content management system. And I like to call it web design for dummies, for people that don't know code in HTML or other junk they can actually design their own website, right? So HubSpot had a very simple CMS that allowed me, Marcus, the web dummy, to start doing and creating pages on my own site and add information and add forms and add photos and add uh, landing pages and all these things that it allowed me to do. That was so great. And it's almost like the way I describe it, it's like you're an artist and you know you're an artist but you've never been given a paintbrush. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what's happened with the introduction of CMS technology when it comes to websites. It used to be Dreamweaver, which was a train wreck for most people, including <laughs> myself. I've oh, never I remember those days. Then yeah, and then CMSs came out, man. It was rock and roll and I could finally start doing things. And plus, I've always had a teacher mentality, man. I like to teach. I like people to be informed. And so for me, I was just chomping at the bit to do this thing called blogging. It made sense. Like, okay, if I blog, I'll get more visits because people will find me. And that's how it took off. Okay, so you started your blog um, using HubSpot, a CMS, and, and you started adding content. Were you the only one producing that content for the blog? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, my two business partners helped some. They produced probably somewhere between 10 to 20% um, early on. The thing about it is, you know, I think sometimes the biggest, I talk to so many businesses now and, and people that are trying to start content inbound marketing. They're like, I don't know where to start my blog. I'm like, okay, you're really making this too hard because it's a very simple methodology to follow. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is you sit down with your staff, anybody that's ever uh, answered a question from a consumer and you say, okay, Let's list verbatim every question that we get every day from the people that call us, that uh-huh. email us, that sit in front of us. That's all you got to do, okay? And if, if the staff is actually trying, it is nothing, Leslie, to come up with at least 50, 50 now, at least 50 questions. Yeah. Most companies, when I go in and help them out, 
can come up with a minimum of a hundred in less than 20 minutes. Think about that. Okay. Yeah. It's a brainstorming session that goes wild when people catch the vision. So you write all those questions down. Once you write those questions down, let's say you have 50 lessons. Okay. So if you got 50 questions, that is 50 titles to your first 50 blog posts for your business. All right. And if you write two blog articles a week, that is exactly six months of blogs. Okay. The mm. problem with people in blogging oftentimes isn't the actual writing. It's they don't know what to write about. They don't have a title for their post. They don't have a subject. That little activity, by doing it twice a year or once a year, takes care of all that mess. Mm. It's so awesome. And so that's what we did. We literally just thought of every question we've ever been asked or every question I'd ever been asked by consumers. You know, I've been selling in the home for seven years, man, okay? Think of how many questions I got during that time. Definitely. And honestly, I got tired of teaching people all the time. Like, I would go to their houses and teach them. But really, if you embrace the internet the right way, if you want to be successful with sales, when you actually talk to someone, you're not spending your time teaching them. What you're doing is you're spending your time selling to them. That's the idea. You let content be the teacher and content is a beautiful teacher in fact it's not just a teacher it's the greatest sales te technique in the world that most people are not using the right way which is why all the time even on pools that cost 40 50 60 thousand dollars worth it i have people that will email me will call me up and say marcus i'm not interested in shopping we know we want to go with you I've watched all your videos. I've read almost every article on your site. <laughs> we are sold, buddy. We are sold. So, I mean, what happens with that? The, the sales margins go up. The sales cycle goes down. You spend more time at home with your family. You live in financial peace. Everything is so much better. All because you laid a foundation coming from the simple questions that people tell you. One thing that I always say in my conferences, and it's like a... It's like a Twitter A-bomb when I say this because people like think it's so crazy intelligent, but it's not. It's common <laughs> sense, and that is Google is not the best keyword tool out there. Your customer is. Mm. Customers are far and away your greatest keyword tool. If you but learn to listen to the questions they're asking you every single day. If, you know, and that, now that I talk about marketing so much on the sales line, let's say somebody orders my ebook or something like that. I always have a question, right? I say, what's your biggest concern about online marketing? What's your biggest struggle with blogging? Whatever. Those questions I get back, they are a constant feed of blog articles. I never run out of ideas, man. This idea that people don't know what to write about, I just ask myself. Are y'all really listening to people? Mm. Are you so busy thinking about what you want to say that you forget the end goal, which is to make the customer more informed, more um, more prepared to make a buying decision? Awesome, awesome. I'm loving it. Uh, two questions before we move on. Uh, the first question. Okay, so you're putting content on your on, on your pool site, and that's um, river pools and spas, right? Dot com. Yeah, riverpoolsandspas.com. And here's the thing. That site, it's not like this magical site. Yeah. You look at it, it looks very average. It's not like aesthetically, wow. It's not at all. I mean, heck, I designed the whole thing myself. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not a designer. 
but what I am is a teacher. Gotcha. And that blog, it kills it, man. It absolutely kills it. And it just crushes. I get thousands and thousands of visitors every day on that site. Wow, that's awesome. Now, is the in terms of marketing the website itself, did you do anything in addition to coming up with good <laughs> content? No, man. Now, listen, you can't do this in every industry, but yeah. there, is, there is a huge mass of blue-collar businesses out there, Leslie, mm-hmm. that are completely untapped when it comes to the content. I definitely right? agree. And so, like in the pool industry, you got so many people that are busy digging a hole that they're not typing their next blog article. They haven't embraced that mm-hmm. yet, right? And so I was able to, in the pool industry, completely dominate solely from a blog. Now, that is not going to happen in other industries, for example, marketing. Yeah, okay? definitely. When I started the sales line, I was dumb enough to think that I would be able to produce great articles without networking, without community, without all these things. And it would just happen on its own. But it was already a highly competitive, uh, competitive and saturated niche in many ways. And the content wasn't, uh, it wasn't going to carry the day. I mean, it was very important. But what I had to do is I had to network. I had to meet people. I had to support other people. I had to serve other people. Mm. I had to talk about other people. And when I started doing that, after a year of blogging on the sales line, I woke up okay, and I said, oh, my goodness, I've been, I'm just not getting where I need to be. And then when I did that, everything just skyrocketed. Awesome. So yeah. my point uh-huh. in saying this is, there's not a one-size-fits-all strategy that so many people would like to preach. You can dominate in certain industries and niches with solely one medium, solely Facebook or solely blogging or solely Twitter. You, it is possible in certain ones. You need to figure this out, though. I, will never, I would have never been very successful using Twitter in the, in the swimming pool industry. Yeah. Let me tell you, it just wouldn't have been that successful uh-huh. because there's not enough people – in my um, target market in Virginia and Maryland that are tweeting, that are buying pools and using that as their methodology to find a pool. It, it ain't happening, okay? So first I embraced blogging, then I embraced YouTube, and I've done a little bit of Facebook. That's it. That's, okay. that's really it. Um, but, you know, another business, let's say a restaurant, a retail business where the customers come back and back every week, that's more of a social media platform like a Twitter or like a Facebook. And so there's not a one-size-fits-all, and I tell that to everybody. But I will also say this, another mistake I see, my man, and that is people try to be a, dra- a jack-of-all-trades mm. right off the bat. They try to be great at blogging, great at video, great at Twitter, great at LinkedIn, great at Facebook. And what <laughs> happens? They become a master of none. Exactly. They don't become great at anything. And if you're great at nothing, well, nothing good happens. So – the idea is you become great at least one thing first, mm-hmm. okay? And then you start to bring in other facets, other mediums that could really help you build success. Definitely. I like that. Okay. Uh, the, the second question that I wanted to ask, in terms of riverpoolsandspas.com, was the business there just getting people to um, get you guys to put in pools, or were you also set it, selling other products from the website? How did how did that work? No, I mean by the time we embraced inbound marketing, blogging, 
that was it, man. I mean, I had pretty much figured, and, and I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but one of the mistakes I made, talk about being a jack of all trades. When I started a, a swimming pool business, I wanted to be great at retail, great at service. I wanted to be great at above ground pools. I wanted to be great at hot tubs. I wanted to be great at in ground pools. I wanted to do different types of in ground pools. Mm-hmm. In other words, Leslie, I wanted to please the world. But as Jim Collins says in Good to Great, I didn't have a hedgehog concept. Yeah. I didn't know the one thing I could do better than anybody else. It took me about five years. But once I figured out that I could be the best at installing fiberglass in ground swimming pools, uh-huh. then we went after those with abandonment. And we were branded as the fiberglass pool company in all of the country, all because of that decision. People make that mistake all the time in business, man. I mean, you see it like crazy. Heck, you see it in the blogosphere. You know, you see people in the blog, they got multiple blogs. It trips me up, dude, when I see somebody that's got like three or four blogs and they're all sub-average. What's the purpose? (laughs) doesn't make any sense. Let's be great somewhere, people. Gotcha. I like it. I like it. All right. Let, let's change gears a little bit. Um, river, rivers, pools, um, riverpoolsandspas.com, doing well, business is booming, and all that stuff. Thesaleslion.com. How did that come into the picture? Yeah, the sales line, which, by the way, is L-I-O-N for those. Sometimes people think it's sales line, but sales line, L-I-O-N, like the animal, like Mufasa, right? Well, <laughs> there you go. The, I was having so much um, success with this whole inbound marketing thing. I got so excited about it that I'm the type of guy that wants to share my successes with other people. Yeah. And so I said, well, you know, I'm going to start this blog. I named it the sales line. And I started, you know, writing about my experiences in sales. And it really became all about inbound and content marketing mixed in with some life success personal development principles. Okay. That's really what it's all about. And um, like I said, it took it about a year to take off. But once it took off, wow, it really took off. People really know my blog as a community where a lot of people come and make a lot of uh, – and I'm, this might sound biased, but it's true if you go look at it. Very intelligent conversation in the comment section. Okay? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people come in. It's nothing to get 50, 100 comments on a post. Um, that's pretty average. And – um, you know, it's just it's a great um, for anybody that is really trying to make their small, medium business, even large business, survive with the internet and, and just understand it in a way that they can relate to it. Because everything I have one rule pretty much with my blog, and that I don't write about it unless I've lived it or am living it. Mm. Okay, so I don't believe in talking about ideas that I read in Seth Godin's latest book. That's stupid. But what I will do is if I read an idea in Seth Godin's book, I'm going to go out and I'm going to practice it, apply the principle to my life, and then I'll return and report to my readership. Okay, So that's how it works with me, and I think we have a big dearth of that in general in the blogosphere because what attracts people is story, real story, personal stories especially. So you'll notice a common thing if you're reading the sales line. It's all about my life. But my life that has lessons that anybody can relate to, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay, so you started the sales line, and in the beginning it was very slow. You're not getting the kind of traffic that you want to get. And then eventually things started changing. 
How did that change come about? Well, you know, like I said earlier, for me, it was awakening of, I was really just focused on my writing, right? I was writing three to four articles a week, um, and I thought they were great, man. <laughs> but apparently <laughs> nobody else thought they were really that great because I just wasn't growing fast enough. You know, in, in hindsight, in hindsight, the, it, it's funny, bud, because I have gone back to some of those earliest articles that didn't get a single tweet, a single share, a single comment, and I've rewritten them, reposted them, and today they'll get a hundred comments, tons of tweets, <laughs> likes, or whatever. It just goes to show that just because your stuff ain't getting read, that doesn't mean it stinks. It probably means that you haven't formed a network yet mm. and that you haven't invested enough time in other people. As for me, what I started doing, I started mentioning other bloggers. I started sharing their stuff. I really started pushing and serving other people as much as I could. You know, I mean, that's just that's just where I got. I, I, it was more of a we mentality uh, with the blog versus a me mentality. In uh, in just slowly but surely, wow, things just changed. Um, and just I am just so grateful that I woke up you know, to that, but it does take some time. You know, they say, I talked to John Morrow one time. Um, we did a, a, a little seminar together, he and I did. And um, he had a good stat that I very much agree with. On most blogs, not all, not like a pool blog, but let's say a very competitive niche like marketing um, or about blogging or about making money online or something like that. You really should spend 80% of your time initially networking and building relationships. 20% of your time is producing content. And then once you have the audience and the network, you shift to the opposite. Mm. 80% of your time producing content, 20% networking. Okay. If you look at the major blogs, that's what everybody's done. I mean, do you think Copy Blogger used to post every every day at the beginning and not ever comment on other people's stuff yeah. and not really share them. They, I mean, that's not what they were. They're a completely different business model today than they were then. They have a different strategy because they're at a different point, right? Yeah. So recently, that's the shift that I've made. So what I did is I started off at the wrong 80-20. I was spending 80%, probably 90% of my time producing content. Okay? And because of that, because of this particular niche, I wasn't very effective. Then I made the shift. I went back to two articles a week, okay, stopped writing as much, and I started focusing way more in relationships and um, serving others, okay, and networking. Mm. And then things started to really, really change. Now I'm going back again to the other way because the audience is really, really strong now. I think probably right now I have about a 60-40 Eventually, it'll go back to 80-20, 60-40 right now, being 60% to 70% maybe is content and, prod, and project production, right? Okay. Yeah. And then the other um, 20 to 30% is your network. I like that. I've never looked at it that way before, but that's a that's a very interesting concept, and it makes a lot of sense because in the beginning, really what you're trying to get is traction. 
and content is great and i i keep emphasizing how important content is on my blog and in my podcast and um but you have to get the content out there and how do you do that by networking with others by commenting on other blogs by by tweeting other people's stuff and, and nurturing relationships because the relationships is what helps you to grow that network that can help your great content really go places Oh, well, there's no, there's no question. I mean, let me give you an example. I mean, I've written about this a few times, but, you know, like, for example, Chris Brogan and I have become friends over these last, I don't know, maybe six months. Uh-huh. And there's been a few times, you know, I remember one time Chris shared an article of mine on G+, and I think it got a uh, thousand visits in an hour, you wow. know, um, from that from that one share that he had on, on G+. Um, he tweeted, you know, some of my stuff before, and it's gotten huge visits. That's just an example of one person. But, you know, Chris and I have – I've developed that relationship with Chris. Um, I've developed a relationship with a lot of uh, people that, that really can make a difference. Uh, to give you an example, I'm going to um, uh, be a, a regular poster on Social Media Examiner now. Oh, um, nice. That has 120,000 subscribers. And so – you know, that doesn't happen unless I develop a relationship with Michael Stelter, unless I, you know, go up to him, introduce myself at an event, and from there we developed a really, really strong friendship, okay? So it's things like that you have to do. And I could go on and on. I've written a ton about it on the sales line, about the power of community, how to truly build your network, how to truly build relationships. Awesome. And, and we're, we'll definitely link that up in the show notes. And um, if you're listening to this, make sure to go over to thesaleslion.com and just check out all the stuff that he has going on there. Great community. Um, it's exciting to see the things that are happening. Um, let's let's kind of, I, I, I guess this is not necessarily changing gears, but what I want is this. There are a number of people that are listening to this podcast right now. There's someone listening to this right now that is trying to brand themselves online. They're trying to grow their online business, their online brand, and, and they're just not getting it. There's something they're missing. What I want us to do is I just want us to take some actionable tips. I want you to share some of the things that you've learned and how they can implement those things to see big changes in um, what they're doing online, in, in the amount of people that they're able to help, and in just the, the, the overall effectiveness of their marketing strategy. How does that sound? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty loaded question. And if you don't mind, let me give you a loaded answer. Right? Yeah, let, let's go. All right. Here's the first thing I'm going to tell everybody. Before they have a strategy, you have to have a solid foundation of yourself in the sense that you know who you are, but you're also willing to discover who you are in the process. Okay. What I mean by that is most people don't have opinions. It's a huge problem, Leslie. Right? They are afraid to take a stand. Mm. We are constantly seeing things that we may or may not like. But yet, we talk about fluff all day long online. I'm just saying, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the people that have really risen to the top quicker, it's because they have had strong feelings. They've been innovators of thought and action and deeds. Okay? Mm-hmm. You have to do that. 
I mean, you have to do that. I have my biggest pieces are when I had strong feelings. I might have gone against the grain, but they really, really paid off. Let me give you one example. Okay. I went to Blog World in 2000. In a, oh, this year, to that early this year, 2011. Okay. And the final keynote at Blog World in New York, I didn't like. I thought it was really tasteless. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because I felt that, and I was so upset about it, I said, you know what? I need to write about this. I need to write about it. And I need to say exactly how I feel. And when I wrote the article, and people say you shouldn't write when you're angry. <laughs> well, I don't believe that. I just think you need to have write with common sense. You can yeah. be angry all day long. I mean, the last I looked, Thomas Jefferson was pretty angry when he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people write angry all the time, but sometimes they do it and they lose common sense. You've got to have common sense. So I, was, I wrote mad, but I wrote with passion. See, that's what came out, not anger, passion. And I didn't attack, but I just said how I felt because people can't really argue with your feelings. They can argue with certain statements, but they can't really argue with your feelings. So I wrote that article, and I was so nervous pushing the publish button. I was just literally shaken for fear of how many people would get upset. But I said, you know, Mark, this is how you feel. you got to follow your gut, dude. So just push publish. Let's go. This is, this is what you signed up for, right? Uh-huh. You really want to be a thought leader like that daggone phrase says, like Seth Godin's always talking about. Yep. You know, really be a leader. Push yourself. Now it's time to do it, dude. And so I did – and, of course, if you go to popular posts, which is on the right side of the column, you'll see that post today has 400 and some comments on it, far and away, the most traffic uh, blog posts that I've ever written. Okay? Wow. And many of the blog posts that I've written that have gotten huge amounts of traffic have been controversial. And I'm not controversial just to be controversial. Don't get me wrong. I'm uh-huh. not saying be the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Because okay? yeah. that junk grows old. But – if you have to, if you feel strongly about something, you got to take a stand. That's number one. Okay. Here's the other big, big key. This is the one that's really changed my life lately. Okay. Let me tell you a story. I've always known that I wanted to be a speaker. I always have felt since I was about 21 years old that I had a special talent in that area. All right. Okay. But, and a lot of people listening know intrinsically that they have special Unique talents, gifts, and abilities, all right? But they're just not – they haven't been able to utilize them yet. For whatever reason, haven't gotten the breaks, whatever. We have to will success at times in our life. Okay. Four years ago, when I was – before I even did inbound marketing, I had this inclination that I wanted to be a great speaker. I wanted to be – I wanted people to – I wanted to be able to share my message. And so I was in the pool industry, as I've already stated, Mm -hmm. and I found the number one show conference for the swimming pool industry, Pool Spa Conference in Las Vegas every year, where thousands of of swimming pool and hot tub professionals attend, right? Mm -hmm. And I found out who was the head of the show. And before I went out there, I made a video of myself talking to customers I'm just talking to the camera, but the camera was, of course, the customer, about our products, about our business. It was kind of like an infomercial without all the cheese, but it was really well done, right? Uh And so I found out – I made this video, and I found out who the head of this conference was, and I went there, 
And I found out where her office was, and I walked right into her office at this conference. And I put out my hand, and she shook it. And I said, you must be Tracy. She said, why, yes. And she said, what's your name? I said, my name is Marcus Sheridan, and I'm the best speaker you've never had at this show. <laughs> and she starts laughing just like that, man. Starts laughing. That's right? awesome. I love it. She says to me, oh, okay, so how do I uh, – she, no, she says, so what, what can you speak about? Uh-huh. I said, I can speak about whatever you would like, Tracy. She said, could you give us a class on hot tub sales? I said, Tracy, I'll give – and I've never taught a class on hot tub sales. <laughs> I said, Tracy, I'll give you the best class on hot tub sales you've ever had. She said, well, how do I know? I said, I'll, this video right here, and I handed her the video. I said, this will show you that I have a unique ability to communicate with people. If you watch that, I have a feeling that you'll invite me to speak. She said, okay. She said, okay. And then she watched it, my friend, and two weeks later I got a call inviting me to speak at that event. Now she said, Marcus, um, I, you know, I'm taking a risk. You're a young guy and all this. I won't be able to pay you. And I said, Tracy, if I do a great job for you, I got a feeling you'll have me back and you'll be willing to pay me next time. She said, of course <laughs> I will. Now, four years later, four years later, I am – uh, still speaking there, and I get paid very, very well to speak there. Now, that's the first half of that story. Okay. okay. Then, once I got the sales line up and going, and I started to build momentum, I said, I am ready to speak about these things. And I applied to Blog World to speak, and I got rejected. Nobody called me back. Uh -huh. Nobody said anything. And I was kind of bummed because I really felt like I had a message that could be shared. And luckily, I had done a couple things with HubSpot, and they recommended me to a guy named Joe Pulitzer, who is the founder of Content Marketing Institute. Um, and he has, well, he had a, he put on a, a show this year that was called Content Marketing World. Okay. Uh -huh. Now at this show. There was a ton of A-listers. You had Jay Baer um, of Convince Convert. You had Michael Stelzner. You had Brian Clark. You had Cece Chapman. You had all these wonderful authors, speakers, writers, everything. Uh -huh. Now, Joe of the event says, Marcus, it's a little bit of a risk to have you here, but I'll give you a, I'll give you a slot. Um, have about 25 minutes to speak. Now, I'm thinking to myself, 25 minutes ain't much. But you can make magic happen in 25 minutes. Definitely. You just believe in yourself. Okay. And so I went there to Cleveland and I spoke for 25 minutes at Content Marketing World. Now, before I spoke, though, a lady comes up to me in the hall and she's from Blog World. Now, this was after the first Blog World that I'd been rejected. Uh -huh. I applied to speak again at Blog World. And I thought I had been rejected again because everybody had received their notifications that they could speak. I had read about it online, and mine still didn't come back. Okay, mm. So again, I'm trying to will success. I finally get a break in Cleveland. It looks like Blog World has said no to me twice now. Okay, twice now. But the Blog World lady, her name is Deb. Okay, um, Deb 
she comes up to me and she says, Marcus, we still have your application. You know, I don't, I don't know if we're going to have a spot for you, but you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to watch your session here in this next, uh, in this next block that we have. Uh-huh. Now, as soon as she said that, I'm not lying to you, Leslie. I thought to myself, I laughed to myself inside. I said, Marcus, you're going to blog world. This is awesome. <laughs> and so, and so I gave the presentation of my life, of my life. Mm. Okay. Just really really gave it 25 minutes the tweets went ballistic the people at the show just were totally new as soon as i was done with that session dev from blog world literally comes running up to me and says marcus will you speak at blog world this year? <laughs> i said Dev, i would love to speak at blog world a few hours later i'm sitting at a table with 13 people, 10 of which have done books on social media. Uh-huh. An A-lister that you can name is probably going to be there, okay, tons of them. And they did a toast to my presentation. Wow. While was, these people were so cool. That's when I became friends with Michael Stelzner. Michael talks to me and says, you know, that presentation you gave today was special. Would you be willing to give a presentation at my social media summit which is the biggest social media online summit in the world i said i would love to and he said if you want you could even possibly write for social media examiner if you get approved i said i will happily do that right after that the next day joe from content marketing world says i made a mistake only giving you 25 minutes would you come back next year i want to give you a full session and i think we can work more together I said, yes, absolutely. Another person that was in the session, another person, has a brother who runs a conference in Toronto called Mesh Marketing, okay? He goes back to Toronto and tells his brother, you got to see this guy named Marcus. He, I was in his uh, session at Content Marketing World. Have him out. So he calls me up. And he says, we'd like to have you on a panel for our event. And I said, I'll do a panel. I appreciate it, and I'm grateful. Do you think I could also do a session as well? He says, I don't think we have the room for it. I said, that's a bummer, but that's okay. And so I planned to go to Toronto to speak at Mesh Marketing. Well, I heard, Leslie, a week before the event was to go live, that another speaker wasn't going to be able to be there. Immediately, I sent... This guy, his name's Mark Evans, the uh-huh. marketing. I sent him an email and said, hey, I'll give that class. Let me do it, okay? Again, we're talking about pushing, willing success in your life. He says, you know what? I'll give it to you, Marcus. I'll give it to you. And so I went up to Toronto. This is just a few days ago and just had an unbelievable event. As soon as that event was over, I had three other conference organizers from the, uh, from Canada, okay, that asked me to come and speak at their events as well. Also, I'm not exaggerating about any of this, Leslie. I'm just trying to give you a no, timeline to show people uh-huh. how this domino effect works. Hopefully, I'm not embellishing too much, but this is exactly how it ha- I don't want to sound like I'm embellishing. This is exactly how it all happened for me. People say, Marcus, how, like you skyrocketed. Yes, I have. This is how it works, though, okay? At that event, in mesh marketing, another guy was there 
who had asked me to speak at one of his PR conferences, okay, in Louisiana, in New Orleans, this coming year. He asked me to speak. He asked me my fee. I gave him the fee. He thought it might be a little bit high. I didn't hear back from him. At that event, he comes up to me immediately when it is done and says, I think you'll be hearing from us very soon. I said, great, because he just happened to be there. He was a member of the board that makes the decision for this PR event. Mm -hmm. Okay. Literally, Leslie, 15 minutes later, I got an email that says, we have accepted your proposal. Please come down and speak to us in New Orleans in 2012. Okay. Now, that's like 30% of the story because I really would like to go on and on about <laughs> this. But my point in saying this is it all started for me the day that I walked up to that lady through fate to the wind, uh -huh. put out my hand, and said, I'm the best speaker you've never had. And when she started laughing, I knew my life was going to change. It took time, though. It took me pushing and pushing. I push events. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've done free events. Today I get paid to do most of my stuff. But I'll still do a free event because I know any event that I do is going to lead to three, four, or five other events. But that one 25-minute session that I gave at Cleveland changed my life. Absolutely changed my life because it's when everybody found out really who I was and the dominoes just really started to fall after that point. But it's a faith in yourself and it's a belief in your talent and your abilities. And I'll be honest, bro, when it comes to um, presenting, I'm fearless. And I just believe that it's my talent, that I've been blessed with it. And instead of acting all like, oh, you know, you know, I might be okay. I'm like, this is my thing, man. I've been blessed to do this. And we've been told not to bury our talents. And that's exactly where I'm headed with this. I believe that I'm going to live a life of sharing a message with people. Very large audiences. I have felt this for a long time. It's finally coming to fruition roughly 12 years after I had that premonition that wow. my communication could be special at some point in my life. And now I see it's just really, really starting to skyrocket. And I'm so excited about it. But I say this because I want people to see that they cannot be passive when it comes to their success. You really do have to will it. You have to will it. And by the way, the reason why I'm successful when I speak is solely for two qualities. Number one, people probably figure this out. I'm really a passionate guy. I get into this stuff. People in this day and age, man, they want to be moved. They want to be touched. Mm. They want to feel emotions. They want to be carried high, carry them low, but they want to be moved. And that's what I want. I have passion and it's genuine. It's real. It's not fake, right? And number two, I tell stories. Mm. That's all that I do. I'm just, people say, what makes you special. Well, nothing. I'm just a storyteller. But see, the story is what's relatable to people. They remember stories. They remember stories. And so I share these stories and they say, aha, I get it. I can see how this works. I can apply this to my life. And there's one third thing that I should mention, which really helps me to be successful with writing blog posts okay, and speaking to groups of people. And that is, I don't try to sound intelligent. 
I am not there to impress. My only goal is that they truly understand the message that is being delivered and say to themselves, you know, this whole content blogging thing is really that hard, guys. We can do this. I can do this. Our company can do this. We're capable of this. We don't have to be uh, geeks. You know, we don't have to be computer extraordinary. Yeah. We don't have to be any of those things. We don't need an MBA. We just need to be passionate, and we need to think like a consumer. We need to embrace the way that consumers think, embrace their language, and we're going to be okay. It's going to work out. Man, that's the message. That's the message. And for me, it's a message that is, I mean, it's just changing my life, Leslie. Man, that is that is so awesome to hear because, you know, I, I've, I've seen this happen over and over with a number of people. And I'm even seeing it happening with me because in the beginning, you, you're working so hard trying to accomplish your goals and um, you're doing the different things that you think you should be doing. And then eventually, if you're passionate about the topic, if you're doing the right things, eventually there's like a, a tipping point and once that starts it just continues and continues and the things that you used to struggle with before you no longer struggle with the gigs that you were trying to get that you couldn't get in the past now you're getting them the connections that you would have loved to have now you have them and and the traffic that you wish you had in the beginning now you're getting it and you're not even working for it as much as you were before i mean it, it's just it's I, I'm inspired by that, and I'm glad to see that that's what's happening with you. And I know that you it, it'll continue and it'll get even bigger and even better. So I just want to encourage you along your journey because I see great things happening. I appreciate it, Leslie. I appreciate it, man, and, and I appreciate your story. I appreciate what you're doing. And, um, and uh, I, I love this, man, and it's nice when you can – when you can really get out of bed, yeah. you know, the stuff that you write or say could literally um, could literally keep a person from not having food on their table. Hmm. I mean, that's the way that I see much of what I do. Yeah. I am saving businesses. I'm saving jobs. And I really see it in that big picture. I'm helping families have financial peace. Yeah. I'm helping families have a better Christmas. And that's because I have lived that. I have lived a life of debt and of struggle, um, and much of which I could have been angry about because we would have been fine had we not had that huge embezzlement. Yeah. But that set us back so much, and it was such a... I mean, the lady went to jail for four years. Wow. The mother of two, she went to jail for four years because... She tried to burn the company literally to the ground. Wow. And, you know, we got out of it, and I let it go. I look back on that time, Leslie, with gratitude, man. Now, it was a trial, but, I mean, it was the great refiner's fire of my life. Wow. But had I not had that happen to me and go into that abyss, I wouldn't have had to pull myself out. I would have been stretched, right? Yeah. The economy had a tank. I wouldn't have found inbound marketing. It just wouldn't have happened, right? And so... Everything really does – we see obstacles, but every obstacle carries with it and it, it, it really a, a, a seed of equivalent benefit, right? We've heard that before. Definitely. That's, that's, that's how it works. There's another opportunity that comes with every obstacle and every trial. If we can see the silver lining, and I see that more and more in my life, and, 
And I hope the listeners here, you know, they don't listen to this and say, well, that's him, that's his story. No, the principles are the same across the board. We've all got special and unique talents and gifts. That's not fake. That's real. I know that to be true. I've never, ever, ever, ever met a single person that didn't have a talent. It doesn't happen because we all have talent. The question is, how do we use them? We really, really multiply that's the question. Definitely. Now, we're, we're going a little long here, and that's okay because I think they're getting great quality content. Uh, I just want to summarize a, f- a few things that you said. Number one, take a stand and be passionate about it. Number two, keep pushing, uh, and you need to will success into your life. Number three, you didn't say this as number three, but I'm going to say this as number three. Tell stories. Because that's very powerful and people can see themselves in these stories. And number four, don't try to sound intelligent. Try to get your audience to truly understand your message. Now, we've been inspired by your message and and we see what it's doing for you. But there's a lot of how-to in this that we didn't necessarily get to cover. But I know that you have a free resource um, called Inbound and Content Marketing Make made easy and I, I just want to I just want you to talk briefly about that so that they so that the audience can know what it's about and take advantage of that free resource yeah well I appreciate that man I mean that that's it's the it's the biggest ebook free ebook that's ever been written on content and inbound marketing okay yeah essentially what it is it's an anthology of the first two years of me writing on the sales line where I was constantly, you know, I mean, I took every inbound and content marketing article I wrote. I stacked them together because most people don't read past articles. They don't know where to look. So I'm constantly people saying, where do I start now? Where do you start? Yeah, there, here's 230 pages that will take you from start to finish if you're really serious about blogging, about business, about content, and inbound marketing. That's my story there. And I'm telling you what, Leslie, you want to talk about rewarding Mm. The feedback that I get from that ebook is so amazing. People all the time say, why did you give it away for free? I'm like, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> the amount of people this can influence because it's free? That's a beautiful thing, man. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, let's we got to think big picture here, baby. This Definitely. is big picture stuff because it all comes back and fold. I would never sell that thing for 29 bucks or whatever the number is thinking that I would give me the same benefit as if I just gave it to the world. And that's exactly what I did. And it's, I tell you, I do hope um, listeners check it out on the sales line because it is free and it will change them if they take the time to read it and apply its principles. All right. So you can go to the saleslion.com and scroll down to the right in the sidebar. You can enter your name and email address and get that free ebook. Thank you. Hey, Marcus, thank you so much for joining me on the call today. Hey, my man. I had a great time. This was awesome, and good luck to you, Leslie. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, guys, check out the website, thesaleslion.com, and you'll see all the stuff that he's up to. Um, you, <laughs> get involved in the community over there and learn about inbound marketing and 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 marketing yourself online and doing big things. I know you were inspired by this episode, so um, definitely go and check it out. As usual, this podcast is brought to you by my 7-Day Bootcamp course at 7daybootcamp.net. You can go and check that out where I teach you step-by-step how you can set up your online business from scratch. 
And starting from doing the right kind of research to getting hosting, setting up your blog, driving traffic, building lists, making money on all that stuff. I talk about that in there, so make sure to check it out. Come back to the site at learningwithleslie.com. This is going to be episode 51. So come to learningwithleslie.com slash episode 51 and leave your comment. Let, let us know what you thought about this interview. Did you get value from it? I want to hear what you have to say. As usual, you can call the hotline. I will play the number at the end. If you have any questions relating to internet marketing, you can get your questions answered on this show. So this, that's it for this episode. This is Leslie Samuel. Take care and God bless.